What is up, guys? Talking with Tonka, episode 12. This week, we have a special guest, one of my buddies, Ryan Michael, <laughs> a.k.a. DJ Scooter. What up, man? What's going on? Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no doubt. This is a long time coming. I've been wanting to have you on for a minute. He is one of the guests that knows where I live, so finding my house wasn't an issue for you. No, well, not the location, but the the physical driving part of it is always treacherous. Yeah. Yes. How was uh, how was your day so far? I know you've been getting getting over a cold. Uh, it was the flu, so it's the last few days have been rocky. Uh, just man, I don't know that the doctor told me that you know did the whole COVID testing and it wasn't that. Uh, so he. He was like, man, there's just something, there's something going around, and and uh, it knocked me on my butt for sure. Yeah, uh, this weekend, uh, on my birthday too, I got so sick. <laughs> I I was like, man, I, this is the lamest birthday ever I can <laughs> ever remember. I was uh, I had I was sick during Christmas, so I couldn't see my family or anything during Christmas. So imagine that, you know, what I mean, if I was like a big is a is Christmas a big gathering for your your family? Yeah, I don't have a gigantic family. The, uh, they're all in central Pennsylvania. Um, so I, I think it's usually just me, my parents, my aunt, and uncle, and my cousin, my two cousins, and then my, my brother, uh, and, and, and his partner. Um, so it's not gigantic. It's, you know, like 15 people, you know, maybe some, we invite a friend that's up there maybe sometimes some yeah. years or another couple. But. So imagine that at least you were sick on your birthday. We don't really see anybody really probably. Right. Uh, my my phone was blowing up and it it was so bad I was I I just continued to feel worse with every text like they were everyone was just like so jovial and happy like yeah you didn't I, respond to me at all <laughs> I just dude I was already like okay I chose to work at Barstool my birthday oh. and people were like you chose to work on your birthday but there was there was a lot of people that told me once they knew that I announced on on my Instagram that I wasn't playing there anymore or some of the staff there. Then all of a sudden people are like, oh, we weren't going to tell you. We were going to surprise you. Like all these people that like friends, like mutual people were like, we we're going to come out and say hi. Uh, staff was like, oh, sorry. And I was like, man, this is making it worse. Like, Did they get you a cake? I wonder. I don't know. It's just I, I was having FOMO for myself. Yeah. So, when was the next when's the next time you're there at Barstool? Ooh, man, I think it's. Two weeks, maybe. No, oh, maybe if they had a cake, they put it in the freezer and then they could give it to you when <laughs> one, you come back. One of those ice cream cakes from Dairy Queen. Or yeah. Something. Do you have a favorite dessert for your birthday that you like? Yes, and it's it's very uh, juvenile. But so when we grow up, because we're old, um, yeah, they didn't they that ice cream cake fad. I think yeah. became in like the late, I'd say probably late nineties. I kind of remember that, like around the two thousands, but. It was only at that point all they had was the buttercream icing, which is just oh. for, for those of you that don't know, it's just the standard cake ice cream you probably grew up on. It's like sugary and like it it doesn't have that fluffy texture. It's yeah. like and I love that. I think it's just because like vanilla or chocolate cake with that icing reminds me of childhood and I have a sweet tooth because I grew up in Hershey so yeah. that's my favorite like either that or the you know like the cupcake um, Walmart still uses that ice cream uh, icing um, I know exactly what you're talking about too. or Acme uh, you can get it at Acme or Carnes um, but you have to it's labeled it says buttercream not whipped it says okay. that's the two this is like 
This is like skinny fat kid yeah. talking. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why how we, I'm so deep into cake discussion, but yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, because my, my mom used to make me a chocolate cake, vanilla icing, and like those sprinkle things. And I was like, that every birthday. Yeah, so my, my parents do, will, will get me like a sheet cake that like I'm 12, you know, again. So, <laughs> that, or cupcakes or something like the, the neighbors uh, brought over um, a couple cupcakes. Yeah. Like that, and and dropped off Gatorade, and um, Gatorade. They dropped off. Um, You're talking about when you were sick for your birthday. You're, they dropped. Yeah, off that Gatorade. Day, that yeah. night uh, they dropped off um, these popsicles that are like strawberry, but they're they're frozen, so they're like made in like a um, the shape of like a standard popsicle, but like the the wide ones, kind of like the the old Disney ones used to be. Like they're they're wider and they're not the yeah. skinny ones. But and then they were like, these are addicting. Like our kids love these, but they're like fruit. They're not. Yeah. They're not all sugar like the most of the other ones. So, yeah, I've been eating those and <laughs> soup and yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're back on track, man. Well, almost. You got a big. You got, you got a lot of gigs this weekend coming up. I'm in Cleveland this weekend, which is so that 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 uh, company out there. Um, it's Barley House, and they have a space called Lost now that's next door. Which is like a very high end kind of grown and sexy cocktail vibe, but with bottle service, low ceiling. It kind of has like a parlay um, for for Philly um, folks. Yeah, for Philly folks, like <laughs> uh, Jersey folks. Like it's not. It has as far as the low ceilings and the lighting. They have kind of like running things, like hitting behind the ceiling tiles and the ceiling. But it's more. It, you're not going to go there and get a Bud Light. Oh, everything gotcha. there is very like cultivated like their drinks are like high-end cocktail making so you're not like you don't walk up to the bar and like their margaritas is like it's a it's a show like they make it in front of you oh it's, wow like, yeah so like that's the difference between the barley house is more like a bar stool during the day and then at night it turns into the full bottle service like nightclub-y vibe like you know they they have a gigantic led screen they have the um sparklers they have uh, CO two. They have confetti. They have a full tech light guy. Like it, it changes at night. So it's like two different experiences, but it's all in the same company. And, I, and that company owns a lot of restaurants in Cleveland, and they've been booking me since probably like two thousand and eight. I think maybe oh, wow. six, seven. Um, it was probably the year before LeBron left. I remember they started booking me. So like I don't okay. know you, when he before. So you're at Cleveland all weekend. Yep, Friday, yep, Saturday. Friday, Saturday. So that's how, usually how that goes. You're booked every uh, – if you play there, you're booked Friday, yeah, Saturday. Yeah, I mean, for the summer, that's going to have to change because I have, you know, short gigs. But um, they, they they did express interest a couple months ago about starting to make it a monthly thing, which I was absolutely okay with. Um, I don't know. They, it's just comfortable. that that Those guys that run that operation, shout out to EV, Chris, and um, those guys out there that, that manage – um, some of those spots, um, they, um, they're just hospitality people. I don't know how to explain it. They've been, I've just known them a while and it's just easy. They, they're like, you can go get a free meal when you're out there, like at their spots, like go get, re you know, it's just like a, it's like clockwork. Yeah. yeah. So it's good. That's um, what's up. Yep. Yeah. So do you like traveling to DJ? I do, but I, I don't think that I could do it every weekend. Like if I kind of how nine's doing right now. Yeah, man, I think, uh, to be honest, the thing that most people 
you know, it looks great. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying it isn't when you do the actual work that you're supposed to be doing. It's amazing. Um, but the stuff that people don't see is if you're getting booked by these places, a lot of times they're trying to save all the money they can on your flights. So they're, they're giving you like the first flight out because it's the cheapest. Yeah. And so you're playing until two, three in the morning and then they're like, okay, like, see you later. <laughs> they're like, you're on the 6 30 a.m. flight out back to Philly or, and like, that's just brutal on your body. And so you end up losing a lot of like precious uh, body time and health, yeah. health things. If you're doing it all the time, like, it can catch up to you. And, and it sounds stupid, but. If you do a couple weekends in a row or you have a few things scattered in between, you feel like you're home, you dump your luggage off and, and you're like, okay, I got to do this laundry, <laughs> catch, do pay my bills, like yeah. run to the grocery store and then you feel like you're right back on the road. And, yeah. and that um, mentally, I think it's, that's the part that people don't see and it looks all glamorous and I'm not saying it's not fun sometimes, but it's definitely taxing if you, and you need to take care of yourself. I always load up on like... The vitamin C pills, yeah. air, airborne, whatever, because you're always around all those people that are germy on flights. And yeah, probably yeah. why I got sick. So. Yeah, do you, do you have any um, like uh, worst flight stories? Like you got like stuck next to somebody or something like that? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So your top one, if you could think of one that comes to your head. Oh I, man. Okay. So I. <laughs> which one do you want? So I have one that. That was personally very traumatizing for me, and then I have one that was just more like funny anecdotal, like that something that I would witness right next to me. So, which one do you want? Oh man, I want both. Okay, <laughs> I can't choose. Okay, so this this is this. I'll do my mind first because okay. it's very, really embarrassing. Yeah. So, um, recently, within the last year, actually, I was I don't remember where I was flying to, but. Um, I was sleeping in row like 10 or something like that. And I was dead asleep, like nothing was wrong. And I was awoken from my sleep by my own body and I felt nauseous for some reason. And I was like, whoa, like you, number one, when you wake up from a plane sleep, like plane sleep sucks. So yeah, it's not very good. So when you wake up, you're kind of disoriented. But when you wake up, you're like gathering yourself. And I was like, I kind of feel weird like lightheaded and i noticed the feeling because i had passed out a few times in my life many years ago so i kind of felt like oh this is odd like it's sort of like a brownout starting to happen and i was like i don't know what's happening but i couldn't stop it so i like had the water in front of me i was drinking it and i like turned the air on and i was just sitting there in my mind and all that's going through my head is like please don't pass out but why are you sick like you just like start getting even you freak yourself out even more because you're in a plane, you're not close to landing. And like what ended up happening is I got, I couldn't stop it. I got really sick for some reason and like lightheaded and I kind of lost semi-consciousness for a little bit, like a, a few seconds. And I started sweating profusely and there was a couple to my left and I tapped the lady and I said like, I need, you know, I need to get up. Like I was going to go to the bathroom and just try to like, splash some water in my face or whatever yeah, and yeah. so the flight attendants freaked out they went into the full like whatever their policy is mode and they went on the loudspeaker and announced like is there any medical it was a huge plane so was any medical staff nurses doctors on, on board there was a actual uh physician a guy on board and so they uh 
switched sheets with me and emptied the row and had the physician come over and sit with me and t- like check my vitals. They had like a pulsometer on boards, which is like the thing you put in your finger, checks your heart rate. Yeah. It was scary. And so he was just like trying to talk to me, like, what are you feeling? Da, da, da. And like, did you, like they asked, like, do you eat? And like, and I did. I had eaten before I got on the flight. And I don't know, man. It was weird. I don't know if it was just, again, like being exhausted from traveling, but it freaked me out. And like, as soon as I got off the flight, they had medical staff there like waiting. They did all the vitals and they asked to go to the hospital. It was just, it was really scary and also like very embarrassing because like the whole flight looks at you and like if you're a passenger and you see something happening, it's very like out of your control and like you don't know what's happening and you can't go anywhere to like shield yourself. So yeah. I, I was embarrassed. Like it was, it was terrible, but I don't know. They just said like, yeah, everything's checked out, like your heart rate, like, you know, uh, you're, you know, they did, they did all these tests and they're like, it's not, you're not outside of the norm. Like, so they gave me the option if I wanted to go to the hospital and I got off and I just was like declined and just tried. I went to immediately to the Airbnb and passed out and I felt better then. But I've gotten like that sometimes. Like uh, I flew to Vegas. Um, was it uh, right after COVID that the Eagles played the Raiders? I think it was like right before COVID they played them in 2019, I think. And um, I went and then I didn't sleep. I just went right on their plane right out there you that's know, the worst dude, i learned yeah. my lesson because this is the second time this happened to me in like 10 years yeah so i flew there uh halfway there i got nauseous and i was like uh because i get air sick once in a while but nothing like too crazy and i usually take dramamine good you know what i mean and i get there i'm nauseous i'm like me and direct went to go get food and i thought that would make me feel better it didn't it made me feel worse so when i got back to his crib i'm like yeah i'm just gonna go lay down for a little bit and he's like, i was like wake me up before you go to your gig. And thankfully, like he plays Dre's after hours. So he doesn't start at like 2 a.m. So like I slept for like nine hours and uh, I felt immediately better. So it was like kind of my, probably like my body was like, hey, you need to get some sleep. Yeah. Know? And I think that we had, they had said that we had gone through some turbulence while I was probably sleeping and my body uh, probably like didn't, you know, like disoriented it a little bit. Yeah. Consciously or subconsciously, like I'm sleeping, so I don't know, but it might've like made me sort of like plain motion sick, which I, I don't get, I fly all the time. So that's not something that happens, but maybe it just shook me and I just woke up because it was like, Oh, you're sick. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So if you want to hear the other one, yeah, the funny, I'll hear the funny one now. Yeah. So this was also this past year too. So I'm on third row of the flight. Damn. First class. My bad. We get on. <laughs> no, it was like a smaller flight. It was only two seats on either side. So oh, okay. it was one of the, I guess it's business. I guess they considered it. But um, this guy gets on late. Like, so that, like everyone's almost in their seats. And like this older gentleman gets on late and he has a little metal box. And to me, it looked like um, like an oxygenator. Like it had, it had a, one of those clear tubes wrapped around it. And to me, like he was, uh, I would say probably like in 70s. So I thought maybe it was a medical device. Like, but it was just odd. It was yeah. an odd, like it almost looked like a lunch pail or like fishing tackle box. Yeah. It was that. It was weird. And so he got on and he was like, goes to a seat and they were instructing like, sir, um, you have to put that up in your overhead. And he was just, and then he immediately replied like, um, you took my bag. You took my bag. Like and started yelling like, you charged me fifty dollars. Da 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 da. And I th- don't think he realized like that if you. He didn't pay for his bag ahead of time. That if you ha- he brought it to the gate and didn't check it, so they just charged him at the gate and they they took his roll on and checked it. But he didn't understand that. He I don't know where he's from. Maybe Romanian or or very like European, like 
so, uh, Italy me. I don't. It was like hard to detect the accent, but yeah. Um, so there was a little bit of a language barrier, but he just was like, "I called the FBI. I called the FBI." And he, <laughs> oh, he was screaming it, and they're like, "Sir, you have to like calm down." Da da da. And then like he, it just proceeded for like ten minutes, so he's holding up us departing, and so, um, the flight attendants are trying to talk him down, and uh, they ended up calling on like a security officer to try to like help calm him down. Like, sir, you have to sit down. Da da da. And he was just so stuck on this dang piece of luggage and so there's a um very obviously large outspoken um uh guy in the back behind him a couple seats and um two girls sitting in front who were obviously traveling together and the guy in the back or the two girls are like make the one girl makes a comment is very like disrespectful i forget what it was something like man i wish you would just sit down or something yeah, yeah. it was it was very poignant to be out loud so it, everyone heard it on the plane and like there, there's three people trying to get this guy to sit down this dude in the back is like i know you're not talking like oh, talking replies to this girl <laughs> that's sitting in front yeah. so now they're sitting five rows apart he's in between with two flight attendants and a security guard i'm sitting directly across the row from him and this elderly lady sitting to to my left i'm on the window seat and so I'm, we're looking at each other, and she's like, "Oh dear Lord!" Like she's just, she's just out here like praying and stuff. Like this is ridiculous. Like yeah. she, this, this, uh, poor woman is like, she's like, "Oh Jesus!" Like she's just talking to me, like like making these little comments to me, and I'm laughing. And, and then there's these people like Mori Povich, like back there screaming at each other, like, "Oh, I know you, I know you're not talking to them ugly ass flip flops on." And so they're like starting to get personal insults to each other. Oh, like, I love that. And I'm like, oh Jesus! So this dude. This dude sits down in the middle of the damn aisle. And, oh, man. And he's still arguing with them. So now there's like peace officers on the plane. Oh, snap. Uh, poli- uh, they, they brought two cops. So they're standing there and they're like, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to evacuate this plane. Uh, oh, my God. Please grab your belongings. And so they evacuate us first three rows because after, after him, it, he was in four. So we all get off. And we're just sitting there at like at the terminal, like chilling, and and uh, we're like, "There's nobody else getting off the plane." Like they, well, I thought they're evacuating the plane, and we have no answer. So there's this one person that comes out with a walkie-talkie, and they're like, "He's refusing to move, so no one else can off the plane." So we sat there for like 45 minutes, and they mm-hmm. finally, I swear to God, this is the funniest shit in my entire life. After like no answers from us, this motherfucker comes out, <laughs> zooming on a scooter. Out of the freaking terminal like door, like and just like slides out behind him in tow is like five cops, like three people from the airline, and they're like, "Sir, sir, slow down, slow." No, you can't go there. He, he like zooms out and goes into the middle of like the terminal like walkway and does like a three sixty. They're like they're chasing him, like, "Sir, sir, stop, stop, stop!" Like like it's like a freaking circus, and they're like trying to grab the handlebar of the scooter that they put him on to get him out. Oh my god! Like, and I was like. Did that just happen? Like he went zooming <laughs> up, and they're like in tow, like running after this guy. I was like, "This is not real life." We yeah. got on the plane and left. Like I, I feel like, like it's something you would see on like TMZ. I or wish like... I recorded it because I was like, "No one's gonna ever believe this." Yeah, story. that's like a TikTok it, story. That no, you see. I, I wish, dude. I wish I had it because we. I was just chilling, like looking at my phone, and he this dude comes out zooming like <laughs> viral video. Oh you my, Mr. Chance, yeah. missed your opportunity. <laughs> he was just like, like bear down with the handlebars and everything. Like he was just like. 
like <laughs> flying out of the door. I'm like, wow. Like, I don't think I've ever had anything cool happen to me on a plane. I, like, it's always been like, you know, like normal stuff. Well, Smooth told us a couple weeks ago that that guy, that guy, like, pretty much legally died, and then like they revived him. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That's scary because the protocol for when like someone's having a medical emergency is always to just try to find the closest airport. Like, if there's something really serious, like. Obviously, they, if there's someone medical on board, they have, you know, some of the planes have, like, those paddles and stuff, but some yeah. don't. So, like, they will let just be like, okay, if we have to land a plane, because that was one time when I was going through my, they, they asked me, like, would you like us to get you to a medical facility? And so, the lady explained to me, like, they would just try to find the closest Oh my God. airport that they were. So, how does that work for everybody else on the plane, though? <laughs> like, oh, you just got to wait. You know, yeah. I don't care if you have anywhere to go. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't Damn. know what you do in that situation, but all right. Well, thank you for those stories. I, that's incredible. <laughs> um, so let's switch gears a little bit here. So let's uh, tell everybody about young Ryan Michael Willard. So, like, were you always into music? Uh, always into music. Um, not always into like diddling with it. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's like diddling. <laughs> I just wanted to use that word. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I grew up in a household where my parents were very. I just kind of remember very eclectic musically. Like they, I know that we had like Stevie Wonder vinyl, and I know that yeah. we had like country vinyl, and I know that we had like disco stuff. Like just going through the records at my parents' house, like that's, I remember growing up and we did have a record player that I tried to mess with like when I was in my adolescence, but nothing seriously. And it was just kind of like, it, we got, my parents got a, a home PC, it was like Windows 90 five yeah or eight um and it had a windows wave editor on it so i started like once i just i discovered that by accident it was right next to solitaire yeah they all came with those same exact games yeah and so i was like oh you can like put sweeper <laughs> yeah you can put audio in here and so i was downloading stuff from like napster and like throwing it in there and it was only single track so it was just like cut copy paste it, but when I realized that you could record into it, I was taking uh, the DJ crap that I had bought when I was like 15, which was literally like Radio Shack equipment. And I was doing like $50 parties for classmates um, in middle school. Like, um, because we'd go to parties. And at that age, like, nobody was DJing. Like, yeah. No, we knew. But like, some of the parents had three disc changers or five disc changers. Like yeah. that was like a very new thing. And like when I grew up in Hershey, um, it was a very like middle-class area, but because the Hershey medical center is there, it definitely had a lot of people who had parents that were well off because those jobs, obviously like surgeons and yeah. anyone in the medical field, like, you know, those, those salaries are pretty good. And, and that's a, it's a huge hospital. Um, so it was a wide range of kids I went to school with like, you know, we were very like middle class. There was there was definitely like people that were family struggling, and then we also had people that were not struggling at all. Like, yeah. You know, the kids that got a brand new car at sixteen. This one girl I went to school with, she wrecked her car the first week she had it at sixteen. On a Friday, she drove back into school on Monday with a brand new car before the in th two days time, like brand Damn. new. She wrecked it, totaled it, and uh, it's just like a discrepancy. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, we'd go to these parties and like just people would throw in those little CD booklets we would carry around with us and like we'd just hear the same songs all all, all freaking night like yeah 
And I just was like, man, like, am I the only one noticing that we heard this Limp Biscuit CD three times tonight or the same Jay Z or yeah, yeah. Christina Aguilera or whatever it was? So I was like, I'm going to, I just bought two Walkman and a Radio Shack mixer. And then eventually I got this thing. My parents, I think, might have got it from like my 15th or 16th birthday. It was called Gemini Disco Mix. And I bought a turntable belt driven from Radio Shack Newmark. So I had like this weird combo of like CDs and then I was buying vinyl too. It, it was like a weird hodgepodge, but that's kind of how I started screwing around with music to begin. Yeah. With. So how old were you? 15, 16. Yeah. Was, yeah. So that's how, that's how DJ Scooter was born. Yeah. Well, I, at first I went by, uh, so everyone, um, I had my, my last name's Willie. So my nickname was Willie. And around that time, if you remember, um will smith had an album called big willie style yeah yeah spelled it different yeah yeah i, I was spelling it w-i-l-l-y his was i-l-l-i-e yeah um so i got the nickname willie because of my last name for for baseball and ice hockey um so i went with that but then i realized soon after because of the internet that there was a reggaeton dj dj willie at the time and i i switched why well, i obviously didn't want to keep that but it wasn't until i started I graduated high school. I did like two years of that. Um, was doing like school dances eventually and some private stuff. And then I started interning at a radio station at nineteen, right out right and it was in a it was a local college and I got hired by the radio station, but they, they were like they put me on the air, which is weird for someone only working yeah. at a radio station for three months. But they needed like a sidekick role for the morning shows. So they had a girl a flamboyant gay guy as the main host and they were like we need a third person and like i was starting to do promo as an intern i was doing like all these positions and like some of the guys that worked in the rock station and some guys that had been in the market and for harrisburg they're like legends like they all worked in the same building it was a four station cluster so they took me under their wing or i'd get little bits and pieces like they would put me in a studio show me the production studio like how do you make a commercial one guy did that and then i remember the one guy gave me the fucking newspaper and was like (laughs) this is your homework i want you to go home and read the newspaper out loud and work on your enunciation like work on your diction i was like what is diction like i don't even know what the hell are you talking about he's like you need to work on your diction like you mumble and stuff i was like okay (laughs) thanks so uh (laughs) i was like i don't know like i'm an intern not getting paid shit like you know it's like i'm making like minimum wage and um but the dude who was on the radio station on the it was a pop hip hop station I guess you would consider it. Um, actually, rhythmic was the proper title at the time. Um, so it was like you know like the JoJo's and the um, man I'm trying to think we used to play like you know Chingy and yeah, yeah, yeah. like that era of music was kind of at the time so like 2002 yeah it was like three. pop hip hop yeah um so it was split the difference and so he was like. You want to you want to learn how to do radio? Like, if you are serious, like come in on Monday. We did an event together. It was a concert, which I thought was cool as shit. Like, I got to go to concerts and like wear the radio station T shirt and hand out free CDs. Yeah, yeah. And I got like just to be tied to a radio station was like for me the coolest thing ever at the time. Like, I'm like this is so cool. And then he was like, "Art, right, we did an event," and he was like, "You're serious? Like, come in on Monday." I was like, "Okay." Like, and I was in class like three days, three or four days a week, so. He was. I was like, "What time?" He was like, 4.30 a.m." I was like, "What?" I was like, <laughs> "No." He goes, "4.30." I go, "A.m." That's how I answered. <laughs> I was like, 
because uh, the show was six to ten. So I was like, holy! I was like, why so early? He's like, we gotta do show prep. I was like, you want to learn? This is how you're gonna learn. And I was like, okay, dude, I barely made it there. I think I probably showed up at like four twenty eight or some shit like that, <laughs> and it was still black outside, like yeah. it was dark. And I was like, man, I don't even get up this early to go hunting. Like yeah. Jesus, <laughs> like, the freaking bugs aren't even awake. And yeah, so, um, it was like quiet, and I was like, this is weird. So, but I went in. You go in there, and they like just they threw me on the air. So they would just be like, okay, like it was just like this, like. I'd face him. There was glass between us. He was running the board, and the girl co-host would sit next to me, and they were just coaching me, like, "Okay, like we do show prep every day." Like, they'd print out sheets from like these companies that they'd get online, and they'd be like, "Here are the hot topics. This is what happened this weekend. Pop culture, yeah. news." They'd, wow. Yeah, and they they just ran me through the whole thing, and then I did that for months, and like two three months, and they were like, "You need a radio name. You can't be intern Ryan anymore. Like, we, you need a radio name. We all do." Like some people's names were just good for radio as it was, like their legal name or something close, so they used yeah. it. But he gave me homework for a couple of weeks where he's like, Your homework is to come in with 10 names every day. Oh, wow. Until we find one. So I just go home at night and just like make up names. Like when it, it that went on for like, I'm, I'm picky because cr- I'm creative. So like everything, I wanted it to be like, Okay, I'm deciding this for my life. Like that's kind of yeah. how my mind was. But I also was young and like, they kind of were just like bossing me around because yeah, I'm like yeah. the little bitch of the, yeah. the station. Like, yeah. They're like, you need, go get me coffee. I'd go get it. You have to do that shit. Yeah, so. you have to. You like earn your stripes. Yep. So I was like, okay. Like I was just like, <laughs> this is annoying. So I just did that. And after two weeks, I like we just run through them every day. And he would bring in some names someday. And after two weeks, we were like, I still wasn't sold on anything. And uh, he was like, one day, I, I remember this distinctly. I swear to God, for the rest of my life. like, So it's like, I don't know, maybe like 7.30 a.m. We're in a commercial break, and he's like, okay, like, what names you bring today? And so I run down my names. I'm like, I really don't like any of these. He's like, well, you, you, we got to pick one. Like, you know, it's been a couple weeks. like, And he's like, how about, and he's running through a couple, and, I, and he gets the scooter. I'm like, I'm like, that's the best of the worst. I'm like, for me. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. but I still don't like it. I'm like, table that one. I'm like, and like for now and then he, and we'll figure it out and he was just like i could see he like he was like uh he was just gay dude so he's just like really flim- like, uh, okay like he was just on purposely like he's like we gotta pick one like and i was like okay dude like okay i will i will i promise like I, and i was like okay I, in my mind i need to go home and really figure this out and so <laughs> this dude comes out of the commercial break and he goes hits the button he's like McKenzie in the morning, uh, Harrisburg's hottest hits is Hot 92 Harrisburg. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Scooter in the studio today. Uh, everybody say hi to Scooter. And I'm sitting across from him, and I'm air middle fingers, like double, <laughs> double, sending him double birds that nobody can, it's on yeah. the radio can yeah. hear. And I'm just steaming mad, like just like pissed. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like leaning to the mic, and I'm like, hey, what's up, Harrisburg? Like I'm just like so pissed. And, uh, He's like, so, like, what do you think of J-Lo? Like, blah, 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 blah. He just goes on. We do this break. He intros the next song, plays it, pots, like, turns the mics off, puts the headphones down, and he's like, well, guess we got that decided, like, too late now. And I was like, yeah. dude. And he's like, I'm going to tell you, like, your scooter. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he thought it was funny as shit. And like, yeah. But then after, what I realized is that, 
I would just drive. The radio station was only like five minutes away from the campus, the community college I went to. And I noticed that I'd go to class. And after a couple of weeks, like my classmates, I'd come in and they'd be like, I heard you on the radio today. Like it was weird. and But it was cool kind of like people started noticing like me. And then we do events and like people noticed me by name. Like they were like, oh, like like oh i love you blah blah like it was like that thing happened really fast and i realized like hey like i don't want to have ryan willard like i don't want to have dj willie and i don't and then scooter like it's like dude there's like three identities like it's ridiculous so i was like i'm just gonna use scooter as my dj and radio name simultaneously and call it a rap because i didn't want to ditch willie anyway because of the reggaeton dj yeah yeah so that's kind of how that became, and and it just made sense because I was working in market almost exclusively at that time for DJ gigs. Yeah. So I could use it as leverage to be, you know, like oh I work for Hot ninety two, like you know at the time like that, and then now it's a different frequency but same name. Um, so it just kind of organically all happened that fast, and that was probably, I think, two thousand and two, three, something like that. So we got our names around the same time. Yeah, so at that point, it's like, all right, like there it is. You're and trying to it, run with it. Yeah, and it worked. And yeah. you know, there's people now that ask me that, and it's like this long-winded story. I wish I had like a like short, concise story. Like, yeah, my parents bought me a scooter when I was young, and I really liked it. <laughs> that's what I really thought it was because I think that's what Puff told me. <laughs> Good thing when I asked. No, but. and you know what's funny is that I Puff's name actually. Um, he came into the market after our, like a, two years that I had worked there, or a year and a half, and he came down from Buffalo. And what happened was, so Puff took my job essentially, not literally, but like the slot that we had on that. After like two years of doing that show, um, my co-host, the main guy, he took a job in Las Vegas, and that kind of was like weird because I was the young, not super experienced, so like they didn't feel like I could run the show on my own at that point, like oh, totally wow. exclusively. Wow. Like, run the board. They hadn't, yeah, yeah. They hadn't really trade me up to that point. I probably could have, but, like, it's a corporate decision at that point. Like, yeah, yeah. his salary is probably, I don't know what it was at the time, like, probably $50,000 or yeah, something yeah. like that. I don't know. I'm guessing. But um, it's not like, oh, we're just going to throw in the kid. Like, he'll figure it out. Like, they're like, it's a marketing decision because so much advertising dollars go into the sales team selling that morning show for advertising. It's not. They're not just going to, like, willy-nilly – throw on this young kid and just figure it out and like well that'll be fine like so as a corporate thing they're like well they wanted to put like a comp- comprise a new morning show and i was just like happy to have done that for a couple of years Did you get paid for that yeah i got no i started after i think it was like five months then i got started getting paid um for the radio station like yeah um it was not an internship anymore i was like three or four months um so yeah so i was paid and all that but Puff was actually one of the people that they hired from Buffalo for the new morning show. But he came down, and I remember I was doing an event at the mall in Harrisburg. And I don't remember why, but the event we were doing, they put the new co-host um, up on a fireman's like lift at the mall. with the, And like they were doing some sort of like dropping thing. It was massively high. like, And they were sending the new co-host up way in the air. It was doing, it was some, like radio back then was very like shock value stuff. So they were doing all this stuff. And I remember Puff came, the first time I met him was at that mall. And we, um, he didn't have, I remember too, like there was discussions in house. I think I had suggested Puff as the name once I saw like 
they like sent they had these sheets and like all these people and they were looking to like rebrand and like give them names like the other guy was coming from a different market he wanted to change his name it's like common in radio to do that like to get a new fresh start as a if you're doing a new show to like change your yeah yeah so i think i had suggested puff or i remember being in a discussion where that in the room when that happened and when he came, I met him, and he's like, oh, I'm Ryan. I'm like, I'm Ryan. So, <laughs> like, oh, I DJ, I DJ. Like, it was yeah, like, yeah. do we just become best friends? Like, yeah. so, it, was, uh, it was like, inst- we hit it off instantly because we started talking about DJing, and he's very jovial and easy to talk to. Yeah. And we, we got, we were literally close right away, and, like, he had similar radio background. Like, he was around the same age, like, did a bunch of weird shit in Buffalo with that yeah. with that station, which was really popular up there. You know, he did the whole like cut his teeth with DJ in the same way. It was just like a easy thing. So like I didn't really mind like not I mean I miss I would do radio stuff on air too, like occasionally, but um I kinda just the DJ stuff started to take off and I just was using the radio station kind of as like my place to get free vinyl and yeah. nobody else wanted it. So I it was just sitting in the freaking program director's office, like stacking up. And I was, there was like multiple copies of like 50 Cent and Olivia and like all this shit. And I was like, I'll take it. Like, I just started hoarding vinyl. That stuff's expensive. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It was like 20 bucks of record back then for the singles or 10.99 or some shit. Albums were like 25, 30 bucks. So I still have all that. Like, Do you well, really? Mo- a, a lot of it. There's some stuff I, I got rid of, but I'm like, you know, I, I feel like weird getting rid of this. Like, I still have like the Timbaland album, like Shock Value that came. I remember. I have a pressing. Uh, this is another. This is a weird one. I have a white vinyl pressing that came from the record label, uh, Pussycat Dolls, Don't Ya? But it was from a different group that they sent. So they they were working that record on a different girl group at first. Oh, really? It came out. I have it. I have it at my house. It's a, a Talking with Tonka exclusive here. Yeah, that record came out with a different girl group, and then a couple months later, they had pussycat dolls like formed an interscope and yeah they came out with it that also happened uh, this is a lot of stuff that you and i have i have digital copies of stuff too but uh get right the j-lo single usher recorded that first there's a version with usher it's different it's like it's kind of similar wow yeah um i'm trying to think of some other ones that i have um i wonder if they're worth money i mean i don't know if i have Although I know I don't have all those on vinyl, but I know that I got them either in promo form at some point. But they they do exist on the internet. Some of these, like I think Usher's Ride It, you can Google it. I think that's one's on YouTube. Mario, just a friend, Usher recorded as well. I don't know if you know that. No. Yeah, that that exists now on the internet. So if you want to do some talking with Tonka, googling after this, yeah, it'll <laughs> be like whoa, like Usher on that beat. Yeah, like, darn. Yeah, there's some cool things that that other people recorded that came out from other popular artists that we all know now that are first I heard as from like another artist. So yeah. Yeah. It was weird. I wonder if those, if you have the pressings of those records, they're worth money. I know I have the don't you one. I know I do for sure. Because it like wrapped up or it's just a plain white sleeve and white label with text. And it, I think it's obviously was interscope because does it say like sample, or like you know like you? No, a- I think it, it might say promo or that. Okay. Most of the stuff you got, um, at least, and especially CD singles, all said promo. Like at the time, a lot of the record labels were sending out CDs with singles and versions of songs 
and it said it, like promo use only blah 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 not for resale like if you go on discogs you can buy a lot of that shit now like and i still have some of the old stuff but there's some versions of songs or instrumentals that only exist on those cds yeah. that were sent out to radio stations like that are they're rare for sure that's why yeah. like you're paying that's what i'm saying i wonder if it's 40 bucks anything. for like this. if the pussycat dolls were died in like a plane crash or something it'd be worth money <laughs> <laughs> nicole scherzinger would be like yeah, yeah. um <laughs> that's crazy i never i didn't i didn't know anything about that yeah I'll, i will send it to you and you're gonna be like this is is it better or worse um it's just weird because oh it's it's just weird because you know the songs as they are now yeah, so yeah, popular yeah. so like you to hear slightly different like the usher over mario just a friend um the lyrics are a little different so there's parts and you're like your brain is like waiting for this line and then you hear something else so it's sort of it messes with you but you're like i kind of like this like yeah, i don't know it's different yeah um there also is a different version of backstreet boys i want it that way with different slightly different lyrics that they first recorded that wow. was sent out um um it's like i'm trying to remember how it goes there's a certain line that really messes with me though i feel like it's the ain't nothing but a heartache line i feel like in the one version it's slightly different but the and and the i want it that way was not how it was sung it was a different line was sung so your mind's like oh like what like it's just weird but they sang it like that there was a different alternate lyric version that also exists now on the internet because i've seen it that's crazy yeah i never you know i mean you hear i guess like you hear different versions of songs now because people remake stuff and stuff like that so i guess hearing it by different artists wouldn't be that shocking but like a song like don't you you only know you know bust rhymes and the pussycat called being in that joint right so if you're hearing a completely different girl band and you're like what the is this so a lot of people don't know that um with record labels so they'll 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 get like they'll take a bunch of songwriters they still do this now they'll take a bunch of songwriters that are like on their um payroll yeah and they'll pay them and they'll fly them to like go to nashville for like a week or they'll they'll send them somewhere a bunch of these songwriters put them in a room and they'll sit in like a round table and they'll have like okay these are 30 ideas that at, that got sent to somebody within the label or like they'll just bring a bunch of ideas and they'll kind of work them through and out of the weekend they'll come away with like okay like we came away with 10 these are 10 songs like that we feel pretty good about and so the label will be like okay um who on our roster do we think fits this song that's sometimes that's how like hits get made like it comes out of workshop groups and that ha- it's kind of like a way for labels to like organically from within control like songs or like organically grow instead of like just look googling the internet for like hit artists on tiktok now like which yeah. is a different way to do it that didn't exist a couple years ago but they will that's their way of like okay we need to get some hits like how are we getting some hits so they'll pay these people to go creatively like juices flowing together make some stuff and then so that's probably what happened they probably were like oh we have this group on the label blah 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 like let's let's have them record that song and then they like pussycat dolls got formed and they were like no this Let's try. Let's put them on that now because they, yeah, if they yeah, own yeah. the song writing credits, they can do that as a label. So um, that actually, like, CeeLo um, recorded uh, "Pharrell Happy" first. Really? Yes. And I that hasn't come out. I would l- die to hear that. But he recorded that record first. Um, 
and before Pharrell had it, and that, that song's ridiculously huge in 2015. Um, I'm trying to think of another one off the top of my head that I can think of that. This kind of reminds me of those things at the mall where people are like, hey, do you want to be part of a survey? And they put you in a room and they give you a topic and you got to like talk about it or they show you a commercial. Like, what do you think about that? So it's kind of like the same thing. Like they get a group of people together and they throw a bunch of song names at them and then they see what, kind of like where the dust, salt, yeah. dust falls. Yeah, um, it's just wild because there's there's just I'm like, what if this song had come? Oh, okay. So there's another one. This is so at the time, um, Timberlake and Sierra are on the same record label, same record as Chris Brown was, Pink, um, uh, freaking Backstreet Boys, like Christina Aguilera, Britney. It was uh, it was Zamba, Jive, which is a subsidiary of Sony, um, and that has absolved now all into RCA, which is still under Sony, but. Um, Timberlake, I have a version still in my computer. He first released Love Sex Magic. It's a solo version of so Justin does first, second verse and choruses. Yeah. But the record came out officially then like two months later with Sierra on it. And they did a music video. It's freaking they're like sexually dancing. Yeah. I used to play that song. Yeah. yeah. The the beat slaps like one oh seven. Um it's a, I think it's a Timbaland beat, to be honest with you, um, which makes sense for the time period because that was right around Love Sex. I mean, um, Future Sex Love Sounds, yeah. Justin album. So that was 2007 that that Sierra record came out. But I have a version that's just Justin. There's a version of just Justin, too, that exists for Girlfriend because he created that with uh, Pharrell. Yeah. There's a version, a solo version of Justin, no in sync on girlfriend. That's insane. Yeah, I have that. That's actually on YouTube. Yeah. Someone just uploaded it like uh, six months ago. Oh wow! I was like, damn, this is wild. You could be getting paid for those views, bud. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it's just wild just to hear. That's other, cool, man. Other artists. I'm just kind of like a nerd for that stuff. No, it's. I mean, we all have our our things we're nerdy about. You know what I mean? So we went over how you got your name, how you got your start in radio, and now what? So. You said kind of like, uh, you know, next to solitaire, there was that like, you know, that audio kind of mix, like cutting up version on, on Windows PCs. Is that where your your knowledge, your kind of like spark went for like remixing songs? Yeah. And so I was doing it really ghetto at the time. Like I was taking the DJ equipment I had running um, an adapter from that I also bought from Radio Shack. <laughs> Radio Shack was the place back in the day. Yeah, into the there was a lot. There was a red, like they were color coded on the back of those PCs. Like I remember, it was like red green input, like the they were, and they were quarter inch jacks. So yeah, I remember like running it into those jacks, and I could get it to recognize as like an audio input into that Windows. Yeah, green was like the microphone, and red was like audio. Yeah, so. It was only single track, and from people that don't understand what that means, it means like nowadays, like everything you could stack things on top of each other, like you can do on your iPhone, like like with video editing, like that that concept didn't exist on those computers back then. There was programs that did it because the radio station had them, and I learned yeah. that that was even possible at the radio station when they made me forcibly try to learn how to make commercials. And when that, I discovered that that was even possible, it was after me dicking around on the home for months and months and months. Like, I, my mind was blown. So you couldn't keep me out of that the production studio. Like when there was no one using it in my free time, I was in there just dicking around with that program because I didn't own it. But then I, you know, scoured the internet and 
um, found the program and downloaded it, and I used the radio station credentials <laughs> to activate it at home. Oh man! Yeah. Did so, you get in trouble for that? Nope. Nope. No, because nah. I think you get like they three know or, now. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, now it's now public knowledge. Yeah, I think you get like three or four activations of the software back then. But um, what was w- the first remix you made? Oh shit, um, man, I, I don't even know. I you I don't remember your first one. You always remember your first. No, <laughs> no, I don't because there was just so much experimenting at that time. Like I was, I was recording at first. This is before I got the program, so I was recording. From my DJ gear, like I would, I got like a a loop CD of like drums from um, like the radio station that came, and I was taking songs that existed. And at the time, like on mix shows, like you can hear DJs playing the radio, um, they were all funky mix and X mix. And I just thought that was like number one, I'd never heard version to those songs like that. So I was yeah. like, at the time, I was like, I want to try to make that because it was cool at the time. Like, I was like, oh my god, like da da da. So I was trying to imitate that structure of making songs, which is now it's like r- ridiculous. They had like six minute, seven minute long versions of a three minute song. Yeah, all these breaks in the middle was stupid as hell. But um, I was like looping drums, like live on the on the CD players and recording it in, and like there was no jog wheel, so like I was setting the. The pitch, it wasn't master either. There was no master pitch. So, like, if you sped a drum up, it would change the pitch. I was, like, playing it and trying to hit the stuff at the same time. And I would be, like, boom, and, like, try to do it. And if it rode off at all, I'd have to start over. Oh, snap. That's a pain. So, I'd be, like, record and try to nail it with the levels and everything. Yeah, and, like, yeah. record it in and, like, like sit there and be, like, oh, and it start to go off. And I'd be, like, fuck. And I'd be, like, so pissed. And, dude, the one time I distinctly remember this <laughs> – this like redrum thing I tried to do doing it that way. It, I took forty five attempts. Damn! Because I remember like the forty four like number, and I, I would have loved to been a fly on that room in that room. Oh my! It was my my parents' basement. No, no lie. So, um, dude, it was taxing as hell. And then once I that and I remember, and I would record it, and it was probably so the levels are probably so smashed because you're like stacking things on top of each other. That I didn't know shit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like the very early. I don't even know. It was just like running drum loops over songs just to give them more energy. And I'd save the files, MP3, and then upload them to like for- DJ forums. Um, I don't know. I remember doing like Chris Brown, Give Me That. I remember doing... I did this edit of I'm a Hustler. I'm a Hustler. It's, um, Do you still have these, Jones? Yeah. <laughs> you- I have some of them. They're, it's like, I would love to hear them. Frick, uh, what is it? I'm a... It might have been. It's. I know I did this. I'm a hustler at it. Like Cassidy. I was gonna say it's Cassidy, not Fifty. You said Fifty. No, but it was with something. Uh, I did this uh, like switch in the middle, and I thought it was like it was cool. It was a great idea. Like, and I was like, man, I could probably redo this. But um, I did like Good Life, um, Good Life, and Fifty. There was all this Fifty Cent. There was all that was around that time when hip. I was like kind of really into hip hop. I liked pop too at that time, but like hip that hip hop stuff was like what was the only thing I was really DJing. Yeah. So when did you start making your own beats? Um probably man, it probably had to be I, I wish I I wish I had I probably there might be timestamps on those MP3s. I'd have to look, but 
I don't know, man. I probably have to say like a year or two into that process. Once I got Cool Edit Pro, which is the name of the program, now it's called Adobe Edition. Um, then that opened up my mind because you could stack things. And once I figured out like how to loop things on bead and stretch it, like yeah, that changed the game. Like once once you learn how to do that, like and and like I didn't even know like those sounds. The radio station had literally CD books that they'd get every month updated and they'd, they'd be there and they were massive cd books like 50 pages a piece and they were just sound effects so i'd like go in there and like record them like entire cds and send them to myself on an email and like back to myself at home um as mp3 because i didn't even know what those things were called like yeah whoosh noises and all that i, I didn't even know what they were called like i didn't know how to make like reverse symbols and i know how to make like risers and and falls like shh like all those all those things there's like smashes and glass breaks and i was like oh my god i was like this is how they do that like all those radio stations yeah so i was like my mind was blown so i was just messing around like crazy with that stuff like it was like unlocking a new room of like your mind like so it just i just was trying to imitate funky mix stuff at that time like, yeah all that extremely long like intros i would and, scratch yeah. like over stuff like the the scratch takes took me forever like i'd be like i'd hear it in my head and it was like baby scratches but i'd like oh i wanted to like do this because like i heard a funky mix and like it sounded similar to this so, like dude just recording those takes over and over and over yeah 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 that it was just like but completing the one was like cool as shit like you know and then i got put on um you know crooklyn clan at the time like after submitting some of the tracks I had made and that kind of opened me up to like a different audience. Like that became like a global DJ audience after just giving shit away for free on like other DJ forms. Yeah. So. Yeah. Darn. Okay. So we, now we talked about remix scooter. What else? Like, so what, what else makes uh Ryan Michael tick? So like you, you have your creative side. What else are you doing creative wise now? I mean, I know, but the audience might not know. Well, so before I was going to go to school for, I ended up going to college for music marketing but right, I changed my major right before I was gonna go for um, art. Like I, I, I was in advanced art classes in high school. Really, I drew my whole life. Like I, my mom um, has photos. I used to go into her job at at Hershey's, and they had a big whiteboard, and I used to draw Ninja Turtles, all of them, um, with the accurate colors, with the dry erase markers, and like they would leave them up like on the board at work, and yeah, the, the, the so I got known like for just being like drawing. I remember just being like really into drawing my whole life. And so I don't think I've ever seen you draw anything. Well, I just <laughs> now because it's, it's very time consuming. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so I like it though, because I hyper focus and it calms me because I just get locked in with a pencil and I'm just like focus on these extremely minute lines. And then like, I just block the world out. So it's very calming for me. Um, but now all the free time, like my mind kind of goes immediately to, stacked up ideas that i want to get done for music so like my mind just is like doing that but the thing that i am able to exercise some of that creative with is you know custom sneakers so yeah um me painting sneakers kind of accomplishes that plus it also fulfills another niche with me just like liking sneakers and you know fashion or whatever so it's just like i kind of cover two or three bases with that i mean i do i have drawn like occasional things like as gifts for people um, over the years but um yeah i'd like to get back into that but i was just that's kind of art was always 
number one. Like, and I was into dancing a lot too, um, or in high school and middle school. Um, I my parents used to like do the oh what is that Billy Ray Cyrus achy breaky heart. Remember they had a dance to that? <laughs> no. Yeah, there's a dance. There's a like an official line dance kind to of that country boy shit. Is that? <laughs> bro my parents were eclectic i'm telling you they, yeah. they were we, they listened to like country music in the car they listened to everything so like I, I but i also used to have like michael jackson concert tapes i recorded and i would mm. rewind them over and over and over again and like try to learn the moves when i was young that's what i would do too so yeah. um i learned some of my early stuff from just michael jackson and then when i was in like middle school i got into um a youth group um at the church and we would do talent shows and i got into like doing like usher choreography and learning um like in sync choreography and i was doing it with a bunch of dudes at this camp one year and i it was like bieber walked into the room like the first year we did it it was like i have vhs converted dvds of this shit to prove to people that the, oh. uh, the screaming girl level was so loud it's like pierces the microphone oh, like wow. it's like you they we walk on st- on this little rickety ass wood stage at like church camp and it's like pandemonium like one direction level screaming like and oh I was, wow i got addicted to that real quick because <laughs> i'm this like dorky little 14 15 year old kid that like yeah. and like just to have the attention of females when your armpits sweat when they come around you but yeah, to be yeah. like to have that be like something at that time, like obviously that piqued my interest. So we became known as like the dudes to do that. I would and love we, to see this. I, I I have the DVD. I have to I have to digitize. I have it on I have it on DVD. So I have to put it on the computer. But um, we did that for like four or five years, and we did it at this one church camp thing that was regional at a school at a dance that we had one time. And so it was all these people from like multiple school districts that had never seen us, but. A big group of the regional group knew us to do it. It was the same reaction. At a, we did it at a dance. It was instinct pop and like, dude, and we were like three years into it at this point. Like we were like vets, so we were like, we got this shit. Like, and we did it. And dude, like I, that was like for an adolescent kid who's like trying to find their way through life, like and you know, like puberty and like going through all that shit. Like yeah, it's yeah. such a hard time. Like for adolescence like you just want to feel like you fit in like my body was growing weird i was yeah. I, I still have a long neck but i was like there was like my i don't this was too long that was too short like you know learning how to talk to girls like it was a weird time but doing something like that like really like was a confidence booster yeah i bet yeah so it was it was a good time and that really like just kind of it all fit in with what i was already interested in like music like yeah i already liked music as it was but just to have that all happened, and I was. I then started being good enough to like. I was making all the edit special edits that we were using to do the dances. So like, you couldn't hear those dance edits anywhere but us. Like, oh snap! So, so I was like watching the. I was watching tour tape of them or something, and be like, oh, like let's let's combine like half first half of like the tearing up my heart from like the VMAs, and then we'll go into like the ver- tour version to use of this song that they. So like, it was like literally like you couldn't get that shit, and people were like what the f- is this yeah like, where is this yeah, yeah where'd you get this yeah so that's what's up that's kind of like when i started I, when i was like a senior in high school i caught pneumonia like the first two weeks of school right and i was heavy set like my whole life and i lost a bunch of weight and i just posted a throwback thursday picture some girl sent me from high school i was thinned out that was right after 
pneumonia. So I was like turtleneck, <laughs> like Zach Mars style clothes, like all the time. Like I, I revamped my whole socks. I lost all this weight. I was ever got into break dancing. And then I saw like the female attention that you get when you're a good dancer. So I was like, yeah, man. So this Michael Jackson, these concerts I used to do for my family is going to pay off. Right. So I started break dancing all the time, getting all these hot chicks. And I was like, this is awesome. I was like, why I see why people do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't, um, I don't know, man. It was like, like the boy band thing was such a hot, that time period of music was so oh, yeah. cool. Like you had, you had all the alt rock that was killing it for their pop six and all. Yeah. That era, like the, the, um, third eye blinds. Yeah. You had like all that era, like, you know, like the pop punk stuff that was going on. Yeah. Um, you had the hip hop, which was all hitting. And then you also had R and B. This was all hitting. And yeah, it was, it, was, like, it was a good time for music. Yeah. So like, and there was the TRL era, which was like every single day you could turn on your TV after school and you would see like a live host, like Carson Daly. Yeah. Like have a guest on. And like, the, like at that time, like, you know, those boy bands were like the top of the world. Like yeah. they, you, you couldn't tell them shit. So like to get like a morsel of that type of attention, um, again, like you don't, I remember feeling like, not the lowest on the totem pole when it came to like popularity, but I also wasn't the top. And at high school, I would get put in a circle with like this one other dude who moved from Vegas only in our sophomore year who was comfortable enough to even like be dancing. So like I'd get shoved in the middle of the floor, <laughs> even from upperclassmen. I remember doing it at an upperclassmen prom when like the girl upperclassmen girls were like asking me to dance, dude, I don't under think people understand how big of a deal that is from a weird, like your underclassmen, your 10th grade. Or oh, yeah. I, I, and like to have like older girls, like giving you attention like that. It's like beyond like anything you could ever dream of. Cause you're just like, yeah. want to feel fit in. At, yeah, like, yeah. And yeah. so that kind of, I think just fueled like the, the need to, or the the want to do it more and like it just sparks something in you like I feel included and like it it's just it's a mental health thing too I think that I look back now like I could have seen like just floating through high school I mean I played sports I played baseball and ice yeah. hockey so I had that so um and my dad was a three star athlete at that like three sport athlete at the Papa school. Scoot yeah so um <laughs> shout out to him love that yeah. dude uh, so same um. You know, but that was just something else. Yeah. It was like, dude, it's it's crazy. Like, So since you mentioned baseball, you played baseball, what's it like, you know, playing baseball for your whole life and now you're DJing one of the DJs for the Phillies? It's surreal. Um, I got to tell you, man, it's uh, my grandfather and my grandmother uh, were huge Phillies fans. And yeah. um, I just grew up, um, you know, they I then they watch it all the time. They read the box scores in the newspaper. My grandfather was a sit in the same chair, read the newspaper every day type of guy. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, I got I got super, super I remember this playoff run that we just had, the one game. I brought a um a printout uh of the a photo of the, them to those two. My grandmother had just passed away a few months before the playoffs. Um, we had watched the game like earlier that season together, like the day she passed away. So it was very emotional. And I remember taking the photo with me to the playoff game. Um, Harper hits that home run. Yeah, it was insane. And 
I couldn't control my emotions. Like I had never felt that before in my entire life where I was so overtaken with happiness and like adrenaline that my hand was profusely shaking for like 15 minutes after that happened. Like I started crying and I also, my hand was like, just would not stop shaking. I was holding it out and it was just like, it was literally. I remember I was there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I think all of it, it was just like, it means more than just a job for sure. Um, I love baseball. I miss just being around a ballpark again. It like reawakened that like, childhood nature in me and i just every time i go there now i just want to like grab my glove and walk out on the field and have a catch like it's just like i can't help but want to do that i would Um, love to just take bp with the team once yeah (laughs) i would love that just to see if i could hit it (laughs) i mean i dude i'd go out there and shag balls for batting yeah yeah. i just want to like long toss in the outfield it just reminds me so much of like school and and like that time, like, and I just miss it. Like, especially the way that that grass is cut, it's like a putting green. Yeah. Like I never played on a field that nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's so flat. Like I just, I just want to do that. Like, I would so- love to, I would, I would love for that to happen to be honest. I would love just to step on that field. Cause I, I was on the field when it was veterans, when, when it was uh the vet, I was on the field then I went to a fireworks game and they let all the fans on the field. And I like laid in center field and watched the fireworks with a bunch of my friends from, you know, I think it was like middle school or something. But so like that was that back then they let anybody on the field. Now they don't let anybody on that thing. You know, you see how it is now. Like they have ropes. You can't even step over even the, like, you know, uh, during BP because we do batting practice for people that don't know we DJ for the for the Phillies for batting practice they have ropes they like even press can't even step past a certain point yeah I would love to I don't know I I, I definitely I'll put a bug in someone's ear like before the end of the season I'd love to just go out there and just throw throw catch with somebody like I don't care who it is. I don't need it to be a player I don't care if it's the freaking ball boy like I, or freaking I'll pull someone from the stands. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. want to throw the ball for like half hour out there, just like throw it back and forth. Nothing, not run around and be an idiot. Like just, I just want to throw the ball. Like yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. it's a cool feeling, man. Like it's just being around a ballpark is, it's electric this year. Like they've yeah. done so many improvements. I'm I excited. can't wait. I'm excited. And, and Trey Turner is playing out of his mind right now. Like, yeah. He's hitting home runs like it's like it's, it's nothing. He yeah. had one right out of the the major the minor league ball ball club. He had one yesterday too. Yeah, he's just, he's he's really shagging. He's really hitting them. And yeah, I'm actually intrigued for batting practice now because like this. I don't know if he takes private BP or not, but it'd be cool to like see what he vibes to because now with Reese being out, we kind of knew what he vibed to. We knew what Schwarber kind of like a couple of the guys we kind of know like what they kind of like yeah. you know, by now. But now with some of the new guys, you know, especially like, you know, the Dominicans and stuff, like we have to really figure it out. Like when Camargo was on the team, he would flash me like a B with his hand and I, I would know that he wants bad bunny. You know what I mean? So like anytime he would look at me, like he would, he, one time I played BP just for him. He was the only one out there. It was like a, it was like one of those early games where no one wanted to no take one wanted to, no one he yeah. was the only one he was he was doing infield and then he was batting. I literally played Spanish music for forty five minutes. Like he was in heaven, like Ozuna and Bad Bunny. Yeah, literally, Maluna. Daddy Yankee, yeah. Don Omar, you know, Annuel. Like I was digging and I like I was running out, <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I hope he's done soon, because <laughs> like you know I have tracks on my computer, but I'm like, oh man, I wonder if actually he is now. He was with the Iron Pigs for a while. I don't know if we released him or what, but I'm excited for this season. Like I'm really yeah. excited. Um, just like I said, just to, we don't really get to interact with the guys too much, but hopefully now that we're on their side like of the field 
like before for some people don't know, they pr- they put us on the visitor side so like getting to us was kind of a pain but now we're right when they come out of the tunnel in the in the dugout so yeah like four feet away from right yeah from, so hopefully they start yeah. requesting some songs now hopefully they feel comfortable yeah and i think um with me and nine on that one game that we did we were standing there and um brandon marsh was um he actually made eye contact with us and kind of opened that door and like to interact and so i don't know man it's like we're a year into this stuff and i just think like maybe we just need to be a little bit more um forward with just or just be like just well, to be honest say hey like to be hi. honest i think it's gonna be like a it's coming out you know so i go to the same gym right and every day i see the same people and you know after so many times you start saying what's up to these people right so i'm assuming that this year like some of the returning guys they're gonna look at us and be like yo yeah. what's up like yeah. they might not know our name but yeah they might be like give us a head nod or something like that where it's gonna open up that door and i and like once you get cool with the one guy and then this guy be like yo why don't you guys put like a list of songs together you know what i mean so we can kind of like play to you guys you know what i mean because now we're I'm, I'm playing like a club i'm going up down around i'm playing everything yeah i always find it too like it's a it's a it's a field full of the dudes and so yeah. what <laughs> yeah. what is so weird about that that probably if you're listening you don't really think about it's like for me when i'm in a you know public environment i'm playing mostly you know i'm trying to uh, you're catering to women mostly yeah, all the time so like it's literally flipped on its head and so I'm always like looking at records, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play Dua Lipa. Yeah, like for a bunch. I feel of, so weird. I'm like, uh, and if I, if I do, I'm like, well, this is a popular song, but I'm like, dude, like, dude, I'm like thinking, and I'm always overthinking every song choice oh, dude, because you're like, same. It's a, a clubhouse full of dudes. Like, do I don't want to be the guy to like they turn to you like, yo, why are you playing this? Like, you know what I mean? So it's like I'm always like, okay. Dude, I, 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 all the records I I don't or the way I don't DJ in public is like complete opposite at the ballpark for, yeah, for yeah. the batting practice. So my first game that I ever did, I was one of the first guys. It was like me and Hollywood. We were like the first two dudes, and I I had the second opening day game right. So I'm like, fuck, like what do I play? I remember vividly, like my third song. I started high tempo. I played um, Elton John Dua Lipa, um, Cold Heart. Yeah. Bryce Harper points at me and goes like that. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm good now. <laughs> My nerves went away and I just started playing because I'm just playing popular records because there's everybody's there, you know, press is there. Everybody's there. So I'm just trying to do a good job, trying to please everyone. You know what I mean? And I remember Val, our, our tech girl there, she comes over and she goes, yeah, whatever you just did. Like, she's like, everybody loved it. Grounds crew, everybody. She, she's like, keep doing that. And I was like, all right. So I literally just kept playing it like my open sets at the at the club. Like, yeah, and I do overthink some songs, like kind of like you're saying, like if they're too girly or something like that. Well, yeah, I was like, dude, I, I would have probably been like Elton John and Dua Lipa. I probably wouldn't have just because I'm like, I don't like what if they were like, dude, like look at me this side eye. Like what nah, Bryce gave me the thumbs up. I was like, well, you, you hear his walk up songs, right? His walk up songs are like nelly and stuff so he's yeah. kind of like i, I kind of want to know what he listens to on a regular basis you know what i mean and like i think personally like me and you would get along with reese hoskin he's a sneakerhead and he's like his music you know his favorite song is i saw it on tiktok his favorite song is i miss you by blink 182 the phillies yeah but that's thing. also like that's to me i'm like okay it's a dude group like okay yeah but it's still it's like that's a that's a yeah. kind of a sad song so yeah. i had it in my head i had two friends made a club remix of it that yeah. i play all the time yeah i was gonna play it at BP, but now it's not going to be there. <laughs> I was like, I had a plan. I was going to play. I that. mean, like, 
that list that the players made on Spotify last year, which kind of sparked the whole dancing on my own thing. Yeah. Um, that was interesting because it definitely made me feel like I can play some other records. But yeah, for sure. It at until that point, I was like, well, like you gonna be the dude to like? I mean, it's fine. Like those guys all seem like laid back, but until that happened, like, and they kind of opened the door. We we don't get the, like we all sit in a room for ten minutes with them and ask them some questions. We call like, I would ease all my concerns yeah. because we could be like, okay, guys, like I'm, I'm telling you, this year it's gonna be different. Man. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be different. And I think nine's nine's the first to go on Thursday, next Thursday, um, and then I go, and then Smooth goes. So yeah, we'll have. I think I think it's gonna be different this year. I think they're gonna see us and they're gonna head nod us and be like, yo. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel way more comfortable this year. I'm- oh yeah, and it's it, now now I think we've been doing it for so long. It's just like we can kind of get a vibe now because like the guys are kind of lightening up. Like Reese used to be doing the gritty out there and stuff like that, and like the guys are like loosening up, right? So like Garrett Stubbs. Um, well, Brandon's cool as hell. Like yeah, he talked yeah, to yeah. us in the World Series that day. He was so nice, and I was like, all right, cool. Like. If half the guys in the clubhouse are remotely this nice, like it'd be cool if we got like cool with them enough where they would come to our gigs and stuff. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, dang, the freaking Eagles are always out. Yeah, stuff, I know. Like, and yeah. that, that's what's cool about like um, you know when I used to play at Vesper and all these places, like I would get Macklin to come out and like Fletch would come out. Like football players, I feel like are out all the time. Basketball players, yeah, you never really see baseball players, but no Flyers hockey. The yeah. hockey players out because well, that's because yeah. they're, sh- they're they're shit. But yeah, Flyers. A, a couple horrible of the Flyers season. were at the uh, at Barstool when I was there. Yeah, and the six. I remember at Barstool there was there was like a couple months ago this year. There was a Saturday I played, and a bunch of the Eagles players were there. And then I was there on a Thursday hanging out with, within that same week. And uh, Tyrese Maxey came with a bunch of the Sixers people and, like, the crew and some of the cheerleaders and stuff. And then – or the dance team and the host, like, uh, Christian Crosby. Christian, yeah. And Shout then, out to him. He's, he's popping And then they him. said that the, um, the hockey team came in, like, a day later when I wasn't there. I heard from the staff – and annihilated like an entire bottle like they were just it was like 10 of them they just came in and like they hung out for a couple hours and just like had a good time and i was like that's cool but i i don't see the baseball players out no ever i haven't but seen the, the, the schedule is a lot different for them you know they're playing like seven days in a row then they're flying somewhere so i think yeah. the baseball schedule is a little bit more um it's not as lenient i guess as football players and stuff because like football and players. i think that i mean i'm trying to think on the team just off the top of my head um, I feel like a bunch of those guys uh, have families already, or like, yeah, are, yeah, or yeah. have ki- fresh like Trey. Just, Trey just had another baby, so you won't see him out. Yeah. yeah, but it'd be still be cool, I guess, if you know it's one of their birthdays or something, and they get a squad but together. You, and pull you would up. think they'd want to go out for a beer, like just on some dude stuff, like just yeah. like and like Barstool's perfect for that. Like I don't, it's just weird. Like I don't know, maybe. You know, again, like, well, now that they know us, maybe they'll, you know, start investing in some, like, looking us up and seeing, like, what, what we do. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'd be cool. But so, uh, you know, we're, we're chugging along here. Uh, so you also said you were, you had, you played ice hockey growing up. Yeah. What, what, you know, what sparked that and why'd you stop? Um, so, um, again, I owe this to my dad. So at age five, he took me. So we lived uh, in Hershey, and yeah. my parents still live there now. So shout out to them. Um, Chocolate Avenue for life. So uh, <laughs> Is that really your street name? Yeah, it really pissed me off because I, I held on to my ID, even though I didn't live at that address, 
the whole time I was living in Philly, I never changed my address on my driver's license um, until I had I moved into Delaware um, because I just liked it. It was cool. Like it was a conversation piece. Like everyone who called me, you know, they all every company, like your car insurance company, whatever. They're like, "Do you really live like in Hershey, Pennsylvania, on Chocolate Avenue?" They all thought it was fake. So I was like, <laughs> it's just, "It was just cool." So um, we were lived right. Five minutes away from Hershey Park, like not even five minutes, and so I had. I've been there. In years. Season passes growing up to that, and the Hershey Bears, which it's a AHL hockey team. Yeah, it's one step below the NHL. They're for the Bruins, right? Or no? No, not they're they're uh, Washington Capitals, right? Oh, now. Capitals. Okay. Yeah, um, but they were Flyers at one point, and then they were Colorado Avalanche for a while when I was growing up, and then. So you were an Avs fan, growing up. Um, no, not really. I, I liked the goaltender, um, but um, it was just more like and when well, they've been in Washington now for a while. So um, I was just oh, my parents had season tickets Hershey Bears from the time I could ever remember, um, and they had those tickets for most of my life. Like and even when I was, I don't remember when they stopped buying those tickets, but I, I was well into my adolescence. Like, would they go in the games without you? Like when they had the tickets, they were just going because they like hockey. Yeah, my parents like my dad played hockey growing up, and my mom was into sport. Like she liked hockey too. Like, and it was just that old arena, Hershey Park Arena, it's still standing. It was very intimate. Like the seats were, you're kind of on top of the arena, like on top of the ice there, and it was a very old, very old building. I think it was built in like 1920 or something oh, originally. Snap, yeah, but it was just a great place to watch hockey. It was loud as hell. There was like people that sat in specific season ticket seats for so many years and yeah. my parents were friends with them just because they knew the seat locations like mm-hmm. for all those years so it was like a it was like a hockey family yeah so when i was five my dad used to take me for general like S- skates general skate like learning and it, it was like figure skaters everybody so he took me at five years old and would just take me every saturday morning over to Hirsch park arena and he just taught me how to skate and then i just was in hockey clinics like my whole life growing up and then in middle school we got a club middle school hockey team my sixth grade year which was the first year I was in middle school and I played and we were really good but I think it's because hockey's just ingrained in the culture in Hershey because of the professional team there and people are just interested in it but by you know proximity of the team like as a kid you know what do kids like to do like activities and go to the park and like just being close to like a professional sports team, I think it just puts that little seed in kids' head. Like yeah. you so it was like, yeah, like hockey was like popular and we were really good. We won championship, I think, every year in middle school and two of four I was in high school. Wow. Yeah. And and by high school it had become like P I double A. It was still a club sport, but like it was recognized by P I double A in Pennsylvania and like we would draw crowds like oh wow on fr- on Friday or Saturday Saturday nights like it it was like a football game like so you would get rival schools like it was a it was packed so it was a cool thing man it was like you know um, were you uh, what position you play left wing or center um, but then in high school I was playing wing um, and a kid I played on my line which is insane to me still plays in NHL right now. Yeah, uh, Nick Felino. So he's been on he's been on uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. I think he's with Ottawa right now. But um, yeah, kid played on my line. He was an underclassman. He was a year before me. But his dad played professional hockey, 
He played for Hershey at one point. Um, so it was it, it was just a very hockey rich area, and lacrosse, soccer, field hockey were all real. We were as a school, our high school, we were all like, excuse me, really good. Our field hockey team won championship. I think two out of four years too that I was in high school. Have you ever seen uh, your line mate like out in person since he's been in the NHL? No, I haven't. I mean, we're still Facebook friends and Instagram friends. Um, I think we sent some messages. But his sister, like, I was really cool with his older sister um, at the, in school. He had a, he had a f- few siblings. Um, and, like, a kid <laughs> – excuse me. Um, a, uh, I played ice hockey with a kid um, – Two older brothers of this girl. She sat right behind me in homeroom. She's now a super famous comedian. Really? Yeah, Michelle. She be breeding ath- uh, pro- professional athletes and yeah, actors. Pro- Michelle Wolf. She sat because my name is Willard, so she sat right behind me in homeroom. Um, redheaded girl, but she's now on tour with like Chappelle and like um, wow, um, Chris Rock. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah. She has Netflix specials and everything. Like, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and she sat right behind me in homeroom. It was Damn. It, Hershey be breeding some people. It's weird. Yeah. We got to go to Hershey Park this summer. I haven't been there. Dude, it's nuts. And they have they have a new roller coaster again this year that they're they, they're redoing um, Lightning Racer, the wooden one. They're redoing it. Yeah. Um, me, you, and Eddie, we're gonna go because Eddie's a big roller coaster a, guy too. They have Hershey Park is ridiculous now. It's, yeah. It's not no joke. Yeah. Damn. What I, I gotta go. That's it. I'm going. So, um, one thing, one more thing I want to touch on is kind of like uh, what you're doing with sneakers now. Um, you're kind of re-imaging sneaks. Yeah. So you want to talk about that? Yeah, I just um, I'm bored. Um, well, not <laughs> I don't I don't see when you have time to be. Bored. No, not not bored. Uh, but my mind is never never turns off. Yeah, never turns off. So like he made a cust just so uh, I. It wasn't really that custom, but he put my name on a pair of golf cleats for me. Yeah, uh, and so creatively, like I, I, I'm always making like one-off T-shirts for myself. Like I bought, I bought a T-shirt press, and like um, I was gifted a silhouette machine a couple years ago for Christmas. And so I was like, if I have a T-shirt idea, like I made my St. Patrick's Day T-shirt, like that I wore a couple weeks ago, like. I just, my mind's always creating ideas and I'm like, I want to be able to make them without relying on other people. Yeah. So I, I'm just, I've always been buying tools to make that happen. So like, I just am creative, like I'm Photoshop. I taught myself Photoshop like 15 years ago, whatever. Like, yeah. And so sneakers are just like an extension of that. Like I want to have a pair of shoes that nobody else has or, and like, I like I, the jacket I'm wearing, like I hand painted the back of it. Like, I don't know. I'm just a weirdo that way. Like <laughs> my mind just wants to like, express itself i guess so yeah. sneakers are just an extension of that and i think that you know i've made custom phillies i made custom a bunch of custom eagle sneakers for myself i'm making a pair um for jazzy jeff right now eagles oh um, you are yeah so check uh, that out yeah he um he he saw some photos and some stuff and then his boy uh, his mc um saw me at the scratch bastard barbecue last time i was in philly and we talked about it and, he, and then, um, yeah, I don't know. Just like he's he's Philly through and through, and he's a legend. So I, I'm happy to like. To, Are you uh, charging him? Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, just let me know whatever it is. Like, so well, he's got the bread. So yeah. Are you are you on texting terms with Jazzy Jeff? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, in the pandemic, like when I was like buying 
Xbox and PlayStations because I was like not sure if I was going to ever have like substantial income again. Like I de- definitely talked to him when you were his, flipping stuff. His kid wanted an Xbox, so helped with that. It was just, I don't know. Like he's a really good dude. He lives in Delaware as well. Um, I'm like right on the Delaware PA line, so um, I think like I don't know. He's just he's a really down to earth dude. So like he's and he's a legend. Like I, to be honest with you, like still humble to be even like say yeah. that i even remotely know the guy and like in any capacity and i'm surprised I just, he remembered my name when i saw him so i was like holy shit yeah i mean dude like i, I don't ever let i don't ever let that get lost like the all this little stuff we talked about earlier i just mm-hmm. think like all that all those hours that you spent in the, my mom's basement and my dad's basement like this is where it's gotten you and i'm just really grateful for that so if i can extend my own love for like creating sneakers for people um, and just so like just to dive into that real quick like for because like i've seen you um you know for the people on youtube that they might not be able to see the top but like the jordan 3 you got like a custom back tab and put the new back tab on so you're like fully taking shoes apart and customizing yeah, as well and i bought a i bought a sewing machine like i think like a year and a half ago like um, you made your own travis scott's right so i'm cutting i'm taking leather and like um, making this cutting the swoosh by hand with a with an exacto knife, and then I'm painting on maybe the swoosh and like sewing it onto the shoe. It's like you know sometimes I'm taking tongues off and stuff, which is like very elaborate, and so that's like painstaking and very. I didn't know how to use a sewing machine either. Like I had to figure that out. Like I was on YouTube, like on singer's website like how do you thread the, how do you thread the needle how do you yeah, wind yeah. the bobbin like all this yeah. shit i was like what the hell is a bobbin i was like yeah. i didn't know anything but i was like i need to learn this shit because this is part of the actual like craft of hand making shoes like shoemakers yeah like from italy like ve- there's history and the hands-on part of it like we see sneakers is just like sneakers but that the the craftsmanship goes way back in history like and so just like trying to figure that out i also took a digital version of a shoemaking class from the shoe surgeon during the pandemic um it was an online class for a couple days um because i was just been cool i was just interested in that so i was just trying to learn and i still don't know everything like but my first pair of shoes that i painted i remember it was like this white pair of air jordans and um i didn't know that you had to like take the top layer yeah, glaze off the them. shoe yeah and uh dude like they <laughs> the paint was like peeling off within like a week like it was just like i was like what the hell like peeling I, off like a sticker i did all this time to like hand paint it and yeah. it's just like it's just like yeah flaking off and i'm like i suck like, yeah. i don't know I, I was just like i ruined a pair of shoes and i got them way over my head i was so yeah like disappointed in myself i was but like now you're killing it yeah i've seen some of the stuff you've done and well i put the same level of detail and perfection that i do in my music into the art part of it and so, I, yeah. and so i'm not gonna like like literally like a speck i'm like oh this line is bothering this shit i'm like down there with like I'm the same way with certain colors. yeah so like, like when I, you can't see it but like uh these brick walls like all the stuff that bleed it through yeah uh, i was like you know what shoes are gonna be covering it no one's really gonna see it i'm not i'm downstairs i literally got a paintbrush just wide and ran it down the case for any of the yeah leads. see like that like this is all hand painted yeah. These bricks are hand painted, they're textured, everything's hand done. So like the bleeding through downstairs I fixed, but up here I didn't. I said screw it. See, but that like that type of stuff is from from even at an early age, I don't have 
I'm ADHD, but I don't have OCD about things. But uh, that stuff, I'm super OCD about. Yeah, it's yeah, weird. Yeah. Like it almost. Oh, don't get me wrong. It bothers it me. Bo- but, like it. Like yeah. bo- I've taken. I remember making this sketch. Uh, I remember as Jessica Simpson. <laughs> it was good too. I still have it. Um, <laughs> I still have it. She was hot. She was hot. Yeah. Two thousand one, two era. Um. So I took it and put it in a frame, glass frame. And I walked by in the hallway at my parents one day, and I saw this one line that I didn't see. And I took the fucking frame down, with took an eraser and fixed this one little line and put it back in the frame because it bothered me that much. That's how wow. like yeah, it's like Ugh, this is gonna yeah yeah. I, I get like that with certain things. So yeah. I, I definitely feel that. Like, but when I did this wall, man, I was like, oh, I was just, this room was like pain after pain after pain. It was like like the studs aren't in the right spot. So like, if you, there's like. There's, you know, spackle where stuff is like it's it's bad. It's, this wall, there's none of the studs where they're where they're supposed to be. So like it was like the worst. That's old houses, man. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah. This house was flipped. So when it was flipped, the stairs used to come up the middle. So they had to Ooh. revamp the whole entire upstairs. So none of the, none of the correct way of building was done, and that's what. Yeah, they're, was, they're usually sixteen inches apart. Yeah, um, they weren't here. Yeah, <laughs> I was like guessing. I was I had to get a stud finder and try to f- figure it out. And then some would be ten, some would be sixteen. It was like yeah. all over the place. Yeah, so well, that's uh, hanging that TV was a pain. That's a that uh, I went through that before. That's yeah. a that's a, a shoddy handyman that like come yeah. in and like yeah well, we got it done. Yeah, that's why like I just had to pay five grand for the leak I had outside because they bandaged a problem twelve uh, fifteen years ago to flip the house, and then over time it it unbandaged itself and you know, left me with the bill. But before we wrap up, uh, because do you, have you ever heard of Mashi? No. That Mashi Customs. He does. Oh, a, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he does all the customs and now he has his own shoe, right? So me and him got kind of cool uh, on Instagram. Like not cool. I don't have his number or anything, but um, I bought, I have like three of his, his sneakers that he's made, right? And I made, made reels for him and stuff like that. And I, he has a plain one that he came out with all white. So you can do whatever you want with it. I was like, on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Mosh, what would you charge me to make me a Phillies version? So with the shoe, he's going to paint it. Yeah. He's going to make me my own one off Phillies one. Guess how much it's going to cost me though. He said, yeah, I can't actually know. I'm not allowed to reveal the price. I'll reveal the price to you off camera, but he's going to make me a one off Phillies custom. One off. Don't, I, don't tell me the price. You actually, you can, I can't guess you get off, off air. Cause he, t- I promised him I wouldn't say okay. how much it would cost. But actually, yeah, you can guess, but I just won't tell you if it's right. You can say higher or lower. I'll say higher or lower. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Fifteen hundred. It's lower. Okay. Yeah, he's hooking it up though, and like I, you know, I told him I was like, I won't tell anybody. I, I just like it's the shoes are included, so I was like, all right, cool, because these shoes are three hundred bucks a pop. <laughs> yeah. Like, you ever seen my Freddy Krueger ones? Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're lit. Like, and I have his. Um, his like what does and i have his uh his they're called like off-road or something really cool but he's doing something cool for me for the phillies i can't wait for you to see him you would you definitely gonna appreciate yeah i need to i want to do a phillies pair this year with the maroon and blue because it's such a unique shade it's a powder blue and a that maroon i was like i was going through my shoes and i'm like because i wanted to get the sbs but i was like everybody's kind of got them now so i want to do something cool and they're they're all that blue is not i want to do more like maroon gray with a hint of the blue because the the uniforms like the maroon is smaller and the blue is so dominating so if you're wearing that if you're wearing powder blue on top that's almost all blue and then all blue shoe i just feel like it's so much of that one color like i want to do 
less of the blue and more of the maroon and gray maybe we're definitely gonna link up because i i yeah. i i for my maroon jersey now i wear white hirachis but maroon laces so it's an all white hirachi so if you want to do something cool with them i was giving them to you you can do something cool yeah that's one shoe this year i'm like all right like i have a shoe laying around i'm like i want to do something that'll fit that color scheme for the phillies because they wear them on thursday so yeah so that and that's the thing i really haven't got i don't really do thursday games which is which you know, what I mean, that's that's the way the schedule has been falling. Like I, I volunteer to do Friday and Saturdays because I don't care, you know, like doubling up and stuff like that. And I'm really the only one that can. Like you're, you're traveling. What's, well, and most I'm of traveling. the most of the weekend games are night, though, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm well. The, this year, what will it be over by? What nine <laughs> thirty? Yeah, I know. I'm, sorry, I'm hyped. That's I could, possible. I could double up now. Yeah, which is for great. sure. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I appreciate you uh, filling in for like last minute because you were going to be on in April, but. I had a cancellation today, and thanks for showing up. And, no, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I learned a lot about you today. And uh, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Um, real quick for the people on YouTube, uh, under me, you'll have at Talking Watonka. That's the uh, Instagram. I don't really post that much, but I'm getting better at it, I promise. Uh, I, I'm really busy. And at DJ Tonka is my personal one. And then we have DJ Scooter, at DJ Scooter. And there's no dashes or anything, nope. right? Nope. As you have any other Instagrams you want to plug? You have a creative one for your shoes or anything? No, I need to do that. Yes, you do need to do that. But check out Scooter on Instagram. Um, and do you have a do you have a Mixcloud or anything like that? Yeah, that Sound, check out? SoundCloud. SoundCloud. So uh, I'll put a SoundCloud link in the description for Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Again, thank you guys for tuning in to Talk with Tonka. Episode 12 with my boy, Ryan Michael, DJ Scooter. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. Peace.